0: podcast is part of the Sports
1: Social Podcast Network. Hello, producer Al here. Just to let you know, um, Phil and Sid recorded the first few minutes of today's pod outside before it got quite windy and they took shelter in the Podmobile. And um, that means there is a quite annoying wind noise for about two minutes of the podcast. Um, I would have taken it out, but it was a bit where Sid was talking about being at the Wonder, and it felt quite important. So uh, you can either skip around about um, 2.30 to 430 in the pod, or you can listen to it and put up with the uh, wind noise. I'll leave it up to you to decide. Sorry about that. And TSFP's usual impeccable production standards. uh, We'll resume uh, for the next podcast.
0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's edition of the Spanish Football Podcast. Sydney, have you recovered? Not not entirely, no. It was quite possibly the most exciting day in La Liga history that we can remember. Certainly
1: in the eight years that we've been doing this podcast. Yeah, it's definitely the pod's most dramatic day. And there's still one more to go, you know. Yeah, there's still one more to go. And anything
0: uh, could happen. When I say anything could happen, two things could happen. Atletico Madrid could be champions or Real Madrid could be champions. Yes. And then in terms of the uh, relegation battle, uh, which was also uh, very exciting yesterday, although it got slightly overshadowed by what was happening at the top of the table, uh, two from three will join Eibar in the Segunda División. And those two are Huesca, Elche and Valladolid. Anyway, this is what happened on match day 37, which was played on Sunday. All games at the same time, kicking off at 6.30, which just added to the supreme intensity of the afternoon. Uh, Alaves beat Granada by four goals to two. Uh, Real Madrid beat Athletic Club by a goal to nil at San Mamés. Atletico Madrid came from behind to beat Osasuna 2-1. Barca lost at home uh, to a brilliant Celso Vigo side who recorded their fifth consecutive uh, win Betis beat Wesker to secure European Football 1-0 Getafe beat Levante 2-1 to secure uh, their place in the top flight for another season Elche came from behind to beat Cadiz uh, 3-1 Uh, La Real thrashed Valladolid 4-1. They were 4-0 up after 35 minutes. Uh, I don't know if you heard Mitchell speaking afterwards. He said, hemos hecho el uh, ridículo Valladolid, who, of course, could be the kingmakers in terms of the La Liga title race. Uh, Valencia uh, relegating Eibar by beating Los Armeros 4-1 at Mestaya, And Villarreal thrashing Sevilla by four goals to nil. Loads for us to talk about. But we have to start at the game which you were at, Sid. At the Wonder. At the game which was the real epicentre of all the drama. Atletico Madrid 2, Osasuna 1. I'm going to start by asking a question I often ask you. What was it like to be there?
1: Extraordinary. (laughs) Um, And it was... You know what? It, It was slightly different to the way it had been on Wednesday night. Remember we talked about how Wednesday night had been a game where Atletico were in the lead but the tension towards the end was almost unbearable because of the, the risk that they would throw it away. Now this was different because of course they were chasing it. So it didn't have that same feeling of tension but it was still incredibly tense. There was still that um, sense that everybody was playing um, as we talked about in midweek. You know, you're know, you looking down on where the subs are and they're kind of getting closer and closer to the pitch. They're drawn into it. There's a real sense that oh my God, it's happening again. Um, And actually, I suppose one of the most startling things about this was that when it came to it, it, they were relatively calm. Not calm, calm, but still relatively calm. One nil down with eight minutes to go. They need two goals in eight minutes. You know, you're talking about a season where you've played at this point... um, nearly thirty seven weeks thirty seven and thirty six and three quarters weeks you 've got you 've got eight minutes to go, you need two goals and also and as Simeone made this point after the game at a stage and uh, maybe I should apologize now for for tweeting they 're bringing on subs now, but it 's gone, and they know it 's gone mm. at a stage where they completely stopped making chances because they had. By the end of the game, they'd racked up 26 shots against Osasuna. Osasuna score 1-0 with their first shot on target. Atletico had taken 16 shots by half-time. They were brilliant and just didn't finish. And there was this kind of fatalism taking over.
0: Well, yes. I mean, particularly that fatalism emanating from yourself because you were... T- yeah, I was, was telling you, you were it was was done. You were like,
1: It's done, it's finished. No, and I was believing it because obviously you were there and you can sense it. Yeah, you and got- I absolutely could, by the way. And as I say, it wasn't the tension of midweek that this is a disaster. It was just the tension of, oh, it's gone. I don't believe it. And obviously the tension was there, but it was more, like, I don't believe it, it's gone. Um, and, and there was this kind of feeling of, God, this is unbelievable. And yet at the same time, so completely believable, mm. if you sort of mean. Um and then they responded and they responded really really well and the weird thing in a way i suppose is that it wasn't a massive siege it's not like they were they they, they basically scored with the, i think two of the three chances they made in those final eight minutes uh, the first one is a lovely lovely pass from Joao Felix a player who's been criticized a lot this year so i think it's worth pointing out yep. how good that pass was and also how active he was when he came on and there was a moment and you know try and make sense of my notebook, it's not easy. <laughs> but there's a scrawled note just before the goal and it says Jal Felix sprints and I've underlined the word sprint because there's a moment when one of the defenders, Osuna defender, has a ball and he really goes for him. Like to try and get it. Really fight and that's something we haven't seen a lot of from him. And I know that's simplistic, but I thought that was significant. And then Atletico Madrid, well they score two goals. The second one is Luis Suarez, which I think is particularly significant for a number of reasons. Pre game Diego Simeone had said, and I think he's right, by the way, we're entering into the Suarez zone. Mm -hmm. This is a player who has been in these kind of games before. This is a player that we need to I mean the phrase he used which translates horribly in English was to resolve situations yes. that we need to resolve. In other words to be decisive. You know the moment has come for this guy to carry us through to be decisive when it really matters. He has the that lovely word they use in Spanish, jerarquia I suppose the leadership, the status, the status, the, yeah the, the the kind of the the yeah the status to, to kind of carry us through. And of course that's sort of right and I think that's one of the reasons why they can still win the league is because they've had that kind of player. But of course this happens And Atletico Madrid Have a brilliant first off In which Suarez misses Five chances mm. One of which is An absolute sitter That he puts against The post from about a metre Although actually In fairness with re- the replay You see that the angle's a little bit tighter Than it appears Because of the defender In front of him, but it, But still it's a terrible miss And you think Maybe it's not Suarez's own After all He makes changes Simeone And he leaves Suarez On the pitch mm. And I don't know If that was because He got some idea In his head He then explained it After the game With Total rationality And this is one of the other things For all the tension There's a rational uh, Element to all of this And he says Well look I was trying to bring Players close to the area was Trying to get Jao Felix close to the area Carrasco close to the area We've got Dembele On the pitch as well And I thought If you want some, If the ball's in the area You want someone <laughs> Like Suarez there mm. When the goal comes The second goal So the first goal Is a brilliant finish from Lodi The second goal comes 87-35 I think it was um, And in a time in which there's a temptation, I think, just to put the ball in the box, Simeone's on the touch and shouting, be calm, be calm. Don't just put the ball in the box. And it comes to Trippier, and Trippier plays that pass he's played 100 yes. times this year. That little angled, short pass into kind of an inside position just inside him. Normally, of course, it's Llorente who gets those. This time it's Carrasco. Carrasco then waits as well. He takes his time, he takes a step, he steps back again, and he pulls it back across. And Suarez, rather than going in, has stepped away from the crowd (laughs) and he's waiting on the penalty spot. He then still has to finish it. Now, admittedly, it's a relatively comfortable finish, but he needs Dembele jumping out the way to put it in the bottom corner. And then everyone goes absolutely (laughs) nuts. I have genuinely tried today to count how many players are in the pile of bodies in Ah. the corner. I don't know the answer. I've looked at one photograph. I've counted 26 feet, right? But of course, the photo is only from one side of the pile. So there's bound to be more than 13 players in there. (laughs) Uh, do you know what I tried to count today?
0: The number of times the commentator said the word goal when oh, they scored the second is time. it? Well, I, I got to about 87 and lost count, so...
1: Fantastic.
0: It was... On the telly or on the radio? No, Talavera on the
1: radio. Fantastic. It's an
0: unbelievable amount of goals in a very short period of time as well. Well, I'm
1: glad you said that, because in the piece, in the piece, like piece a... I've written for the Guardian today, I didn't know how many it was, but <laughs> I, me- I mentioned the point that the, goal, the, the commentators rattle off uh, at 500 goals per minute. Yes. So do you think that's about right? <laughs> that's what it sounds like. Unbelievable. Speaking of sounds,
0: could you hear the fans outside?
1: Like clearly inside the stadium. Very clearly. And one of the things that struck me, and obviously this is entirely natural, is that there's a slightly delayed reaction yes. to the goal. Well, of course it's natural because they're watching on their phones, which yeah. are like 50 seconds delayed. Yeah. Even the radio broadcast, so Talavera saying go, 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 like that, yeah. that sounding like he's drowning. Yeah. <laughs> um, even that takes probably 15-20 seconds to get to them. Yes. And of course, the real giveaway for them is that you get the goal music in the stadium yes. played, which probably reaches them before anything else. But even that has kind of a, like a two or three minute, <laughs> uh, two or three minute, sorry, two or three second delay. Yeah. So you get this roar from inside the stadium, and I think they hear probably something, but they don't know for sure what it is. Then yeah. you get the I think they use Seven Nation Army, don't they? Like everybody else in the world. Well, you tell me, you were there yesterday. Duh, 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 I think they do use yeah. Seven Nation Army. And then you hear this roar from outside. The problem is that the roar itself then gets drowned by the inside <laughs> stadium music. You'd rather there was no music yeah. inside and that we got their roar. There was a moment, by the way, in the first half when you heard a big roar from them. Mm. And it was because Barcelona had conceded. Mm. And I, I was with a colleague and actually said to him, that's really daft, don't do that because they'll think it's Madrid. Because mm. the Barcelona result really doesn't matter. You know, yeah, Don't yeah, cheer yeah. the Barcelona goal. Yeah. And Suarez admitted after the game that he didn't know what the results were in the other game. And he asked when they had that water break, which is what, about 12, 13 minutes from the end. He said at that point he asked what the score was. Why did they have That water break I was wondering this It was warm In Madrid yesterday But I thought The threshold Was 30 degrees Yeah And it was Probably not quite 30. It might have been At pitch level To be fair maybe, It maybe. might have been It was very warm I mean it, Maybe the threshold's 25 I might be wrong But yes I was struck by that oh. And of course It allowed Simeone To have one last time out Effectively with his players Which he said What did he say then Well he said uh, Could you uh, almost I, hear him No I no. couldn't From up high I must confess uh, The television said They could hear him um, and he'd said, uh, he said, cabeza, cabeza fuerte, strong heads, you know, be strong, and tranquilidad, mm. it will come. Mm. And he then said after the game, and this bit wasn't picked up by the TV cameras, but he said after the game that he'd also said to them, get the equaliser, yes, and then the because the second will one, one yep. will follow if yep. you get it. And actually, he was completely right. And I'm going to say this because we've been, we've, We've asked questions this year about his changes. Mm. His changes absolutely worked yesterday. I mean, we've been asking serious questions yeah. about those changes, and they but absolutely worked yesterday.
0: An unbelievable amount of drama uh, in Madrid. It was also well. Slightly less dramatic in Bilbao, uh, but it was exciting. Not the first half, Uh, Athletic Club against Real Madrid. I don't think there was any shots. It wasn't great.
1: Yeah, I think I saw a stat saying no shots each at half-time, at least on target anyway. I don't know if that was in total. It did ramp up a little bit in the second half, and we uh, saw Real Madrid take the lead. And
0: for 19 minutes, Real Madrid were top of the table. Yeah, hmm. uh, Nacho, who was who scored uh, the goal for not Real just top, Madrid, by the
1: way, but but top it, and by a point as well. It wasn't yeah. even just head to head at one yeah. for for the last of those for the last what was it eight of those yes. ten of those. Yeah, uh, but not to be uh, for Real Madrid, they did what they had to
0: do, but they know that it's not in their hands. It wasn't in their hands, and, and it won't be in their hands going into the final day of the season.
1: Shall we talk a little bit about Zidane? Yeah, okay. What's going on
0: with Zidane and his future?
1: Well, Zidane, in his pre-match press conference um, this weekend, offered very, very heavy hints that he was leaving. Now, I think he's done this a a bit this year, but he's quite... He doesn't always express himself brilliantly, and he, he can be a little bit... I don't know if incoherent is the word, but certainly contradictory in the things that he says. This weekend, I thought it was much clearer than previously, albeit still not 100% crystal clear, that he was going. You tally that to bits of information that we get, um, which I will confess at this stage are not absolutely clear-cut. But, you know, the pieces that kind of come together to tell you a story... Of a man that's going... And and here's the bit that I think maybe is different. Um, certainly the way it had been told to me. And again, this is a little bit more indirect than I would like. Mm-hmm. In other words, I wouldn't absolutely nail my colours to the mast on this. Mm-hmm. Not only is he gone, but the Madrid have known that for a while. And everybody has known that for a while. Now, what happened this weekend was a story was put out. Uh, Fernando Bordogos on uh, on De Cero, who's who's very well connected. Um, but not very much not... With the president He's not one of the Kind of the president's men And there are many of those In the media <laughs> uh, And he He said that Zidane had told the players That he was leaving Zidane last night Denied this And he said You know Why would I do that on the, on the eve of a really big game You know The damage that could do And all the rest of it Now obviously on one level That's logical But I must confess I don't think it necessarily Does do any damage Hmm. I also think, and and this, uh, I'm not going to claim credit for this, I thought this was a a nice way of putting it, Uh, Alex, producer Al, was saying to us yesterday (laughs) that his understanding of it was that Zidane had said something a bit like he has in the press conferences, which could be interpreted either way, and that perhaps some players had taken it one way, even if it wasn't necessarily intended that way. Um, I think he doesn't continue, Mm -hmm. but as I say, I don't have that... Hard enough to to actually stand here and say to you for certain he will not. But I would be surprised if he's still there next year. Whatever happens. So if they Whatever happens. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. One uh, well, we'll see. As we said, uh, Real Madrid got the job done, and they got the job done thanks largely to players like Modric and Casemiro, who really stepped up in the in the second half. It was Casemiro who provided the assist for Nacho to bundle the ball home. And there they are, going into the final day Mm. of the season with a small... I mean, we're not good at maths, right? We're really not good at maths. Regular listeners to the programme will know that. I give them about a 20%
1: chance. What do you think? I honestly don't know now. Um, I mean, that that would make sense, something like that, because you would say that, look, the bottom line is that Atletico Madrid should beat Valladolid. Yes. But we've seen a lot of shoulds this year, and they don't all come off. Um... Valladolid are fighting for their lives That said The way they're playing at the moment Doesn't look like a team Fighting for their lives um, They Atletico Madrid Could have been in a much Stronger position yesterday Because Leith Needn't necessarily Have survived yesterday There was a point At which they were down Early in the games As the results came in um, They are not down mm. Now I, I think it's when West could get beaten By Betis yes. That they're not down For what it's worth I've only seen one view of it I'd like to see it again because I thought the bets penalty was laughable. Yeah. Well, Pacheta's not very happy. Like, really laughable. Like, a, just, just that... Come on, we can't be giving fouls for this. At- Atletico Madrid have only won two of the last eight away games. Yeah, indeed. and that's the other thing to remember in this. They only need to draw for yeah. Real Madrid to win the league yeah. if Real Madrid win, by the way. Yes. Yeah, so. Now, that's the other thing we can't necessarily give take for granted. Although, we're we're making, maybe foolishly, an assumption Because, of course, Villarreal are four days away, not three days now, four days away from a Europa League final. Mm -hmm. And so I think they will make major changes, even though, in theory, this is important for their European finishing. And even though they've requested that they get brought forward a day, which has happened. Think of all the upsets that we've had this season as well. Exactly. The other thing is, you know, I've said this all season, and, and, you know, it's... It's always worth pointing out when you're... When you're well, not necessarily wrong, but when, when it doesn't work the way you say. I keep saying, yeah, but Madrid are that team that you have to kill them off. Or They're there, they're there. They'll always come back for you. You can always trust them. They'll always find a way to get away with it. And actually, in a way, winning 1-0 with a goal off the shins of Nacho is kind of quite a good embodiment of their season, <laughs> isn't it? Um, and yet, I have this kind of supernatural faith in them to somehow find a way through, even if they're... You know, even if it means very good fortune, even if they haven't played very well... The last four or five weeks has suggested... Actually, it's Atletico doing this now. Mm. The Atletico that we build up, and I include myself in this, I'm every bit as guilty as everyone else', You know, the jinxed one that somehow will find a way to throw it away. Well, look at the last few weeks. The penalty against the post. The messy free kick that swings just wide. All right, they're beaten in the last minute by Atletic. Um, but the game in midweek when, when the last few minutes, they're absolutely terrified against Russell. And they find a way through. The two goals late on in this game. I'll be honest with you. At one of them, I did think that's it. Mm. I thought there's no way This happens now
0: Mm. What's changed I mean
1: do they have I don't know And and maybe actually Maybe let's go back To what we said at the start Maybe what Simeone said Was right Maybe there is something In Suarez That carries Something that other players Don't have Mm. Um, But as I say I thought the tranquility That saw them through yesterday Was Jao Felix's Trippier's Carrasco's And of course Lodi's for the finish By the way Lodi had Suarez Standing alone Mm -hmm. And didn't give it to him Mm -hmm. And looking at the replay, I think that might have been good luck because I think Suarez might be offside. Ah. I think if he rolls it to Suarez, he might be offside. Instead, he produces a brilliant finish. And I really like something from Lodi as well, who I think is a player who has big flaws defensively. In fact, he defends really badly on the Osasuna goal. He runs back and he's signaling to everyone, come on, come on, we can do this now. By the way, five minutes added, ninety-five fifteen. 15 Old Black has to make a brilliant save from Jimmy uh, from Avila. I mean, they all... Well, Brilliant comfortable-ish but yeah. a good save they almost blew it again I know it's amazing um,
0: we've spoken about Real Madrid we've spoken about Atletico Madrid those two will battle it out on the final day of the season Atletico travel to Valladolid who need to win to have any chance of avoiding relegation Real Madrid hosting Villarreal who as we mentioned have the Europa League final uh, in four days time or four days after uh, the final day of the La Liga season so it's not over it could still be absolutely oh, it thrilling absolutely isn't over <laughs> also, Atletico could be 3-0 up after 15 minutes. But anyway, it's probably... Yeah, but, but Atletico just don't do that. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe they, they haven't. This they this time. Haven't. Yeah. They haven't. Yeah. We've not talked about Barca yet, and we need to mention them going out of the title race with a whimper.
1: Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Um, I mean, look, obviously, partly, it's possible to argue that they lost this way because they already knew they were out of the title race. But this is what... It's a bit like been.
0: last year, isn't it? They lost that home to Osasuna. I think yeah. it was on the penultimate day. and it was there. Which,
1: which is another reason to think, you know, had Bar been able to get through this weekend, they might have thought they'd have a chance in the final day against Barca, which yeah. they now don't. Um, because they're already down. And But I was going to say, look, on one level you say, well, they partly lost because it was already done. And yet, of course, this has happened because they lost when they had the opportunities. Yeah, They lost against Granada. Yeah. That's the really big one. That's the yeah, one that they yeah, must yeah. be looking at yeah. and thinking... How does this happen? And yeah. I think in a way, you know, after the Levante game, Busquets said this. He said, well, this is a little bit the story of our season. Yeah. At the end of this game, Kuman said, you know, we have loads of chances. We're far better than the opposition and we've one shot. And it's one shot they score against us. Mm. Which, of course, contradicts what Kuman then says later when he's asked about Messi. And I think he's right, by the way, but I also think it contradicts him. He says, well, I hope Messi doesn't go because it's impossible to play without Messi. He says he scored 30 goals this season. If he's not there, I don't know who's going to get the goals. Now, obviously, part of the answer would be, well, there's this Uruguayan fella at Atletico, and that's a flippant answer, and I appreciate that's not necessarily fair. But the other part of the answer, which, again, is a bit flippant, but I think it's right, is to say, well, as you've said in the other part of your post-match appearance, that's not your problem. Hmm. Your problem is that you give away really rubbish goals consistently. Consistently, That yeah. there isn't a... The tranquility that Atletico have The toughness that Atletico have That resistance that Real Madrid have It just isn't there I was looking at the
0: half-time table In La Liga mm. If matches only mm. lasted 45 minutes uh, Barca are six points clear at the top Wow There has been a consistent um, Aspect of their game this season Where they've gone to pieces in the second, well, one gone to pieces, thrown leads away, they've yes. consistently thrown leads yeah. away, and games that they've had control, they've had under, you know, they've been in control, Cadiz at home when they were yeah. 1-0 up, they could have been 3 or 4 up, they could see the ridiculous penalty late on, Granada as well, we talk about that game, they were in control of that game, yeah. it should have been 2-0 and they threw it away, there are others, there are others as well this season. Where does this leave kuman Again, we've asked this question before. I don't,
1: I don't see a scenario in which he can possibly stay. Mm. Now for those of you leaping right now and saying, come on, that's really unfair, I'm not telling you what I think should happen, Hmm. although for what it's worth, I wouldn't keep him either, depending on what the alternatives are. I'm telling you what I think will happen and I think that there are things that Kuhn has clearly done well. There has been, I think, uh, a degree of I think, respect for for the way that he's brought younger players in. Mm-hmm. I think there's been a sense that he's connected with parts of the dressing room. I don't know if of all of them, but with parts of it. There have been moments when things have been um, done pretty well. They performed really, really, really impressive from January through to the back end of March. Mm-hmm. And that, been, admittedly, that's, the trouble is that's only two months. And yet, can I put this in very blunt terms? Mm-hmm. Well, everyone absolutely slaughtered Setien. Setien's Barcelona finished better than this. <laughs> they, didn't Ever- the, they didn't win the Copa del Rey. No, OK. Everyone slaughtered Valverde miles better than this. <laughs> now, I don't want to reduce it to that because it's not fair. And a lot of people will say, but this was a transitional season. And I think this is another point that's worth picking up on. It sort of was a transitional season. It was a transitional but- season they could have won the league in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. They worked themselves into a position where they could have won the league and then didn't. And that tells you something about some of the flaws that they've had before, which are not necessarily about Kuman but nor did he arrest that. That sort of That slide mm. But it also there, Here's a big question for you Why? Why was it a transitional season? How were we in a position In which Barcelona Kind of accepted For a lot of the season That that was the case I think Far too much was made Of Barcelona's Supposed We can't compete You look at their squads mm. Sorry, Barcelona's squad is better than Atletico Madrid's, and you know I've seen it. I can't remember where I saw it now. Reading because um, I think I mentioned it to you actually off off I've um, read somewhere that Atletico Madrid have the best squad in Spain. Yes. So, well, do they? Yeah. I mean, their best two players are Luis Suarez, who Barcelona didn't want, Marcos Sardent, who Real Madrid didn't want. Uh, you tell me another Atletico Madrid player who would be an automatic starter at Barcelona or Real Madrid.
0: You're yeah, black. But they've got
1: Courtois and Ter Stegen.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's probably a matter of uh, taste. I I
1: mean, I personally would have Savic in both of the Madrid and Barcelona teams. But he's he's not like he's someone that they're going to be desperate to go and sign. Mm. But my point really here is that I think there was a willingness to embrace the idea of a transitional season at Barcelona. Which I'm not saying is wrong. And I actually quite like the idea that there was some patience. Although now he's demonstrating (laughs) that perhaps there won't be patience. But I'm a bit baffled by it. Because... I think it was well, wasn't overplayed. It all, wasn't the, the off-the-field stuff as well? Yes. I right. mean, it literally is transitional in yes, terms of the in, in president. Every, in everything. Yeah. Now, that leads us to the other thing about the question as to whether or not Kuman continues. One of the reasons he doesn't, of course, is because you've got a new president. kuman isn't his man. Mm-hmm. A new president who's not massively um, enamoured of Kuman, If he can get an alternative, probably will have him. I love this thing, by the way. They had lunch last week. Yeah. And they both claimed that hadn't talked about his future. Oh, I see. Right, so... Two days before the end of the season, two games before the end of the season, the president and the coach have lunch when they both deep down know the season's over. And you're seriously expecting us to believe that no one talks about the future. Not only that, but they had
0: lunch quite publicly in a central Barcelona restaurant. I mean, There are lots of places you could meet for a quiet lunch without attracting port of... Hordes of press. Uh, Laporto is a man who is known,
1: he likes a big gesture. He does. Uh, the curious <laughs> thing is, so far, he's been a very quiet president, very unlike him. So far, I think you're right. I think he does like a big gesture. The question really would be, what is that big gesture? Hmm. Well, it's bringing Chavi. It's bringing Chavi, yeah, Basically. Uh,
0: listen, dear listener, if you're enjoying this chat, why not join us at Patreon.com? Even forward if slash you're not, you can join us. Patreon.com forward slash tsfp for daily content on Spanish football. We've got loads of stuff over there. We'll have a Q and A podcast out tomorrow. So if there's anything that we haven't covered on today's pod, send us a question. We'll talk about it tomorrow. We've got a bonus pod coming up on Thursday uh, as well, and our series TSFP presents Sliding Doors. We finished it last week. Uh, looking back at key refereeing decisions, sliding doors moments in the history of Spanish football because of refereeing decisions. We've got a whole archive of great Spanish football podcast series for you to uh, enjoy. So come and join us, patreon.com forward slash TSFP. Let's talk about the relegation battle and the one team that has been confirmed that will be in the Segunda next season is Eibar. After seven years, Mm. they should have gone down seven years ago, they didn't uh, because they were. They're rescued
1: by, by Elche's financial crisis, yeah.
0: Uh, I have. This is, I mean, it's quite sad. I mean, ABAR sh- should have, you know, really no way. They shouldn't be in the Primera División. No. Not for money, not for size, not for prestige, not for history. There's no way a top flight club. And yet they came up in 2014. And actually, they sort of led, if not quite a revolution, but I felt like they were the first team that. I'd not quite heard of that much, and they came from a small place that had never been in the Primera División. Later we've had Leganes, later Mm. we've had Huesca, um, those kind of teams, but sort of Eibar were the first. And it's been great to have them in La Liga for for seven years. They knew, everybody knew that it wasn't going to last forever. They've done incredibly well and had some incredible finishes as well. Almost, almost fighting for European football on some occasions, but this season they've gone
1: down and they'll probably be bought. Yeah, the miracle of Abar really was that with each passing season, it didn't feel like a miracle anymore. Mm. It felt like they belonged. Um, And I think in a way that removes some of the sadness. The inevitability removes some of the sadness this season because I think they recognise that they had seasons that they weren't necessarily expecting and that they've used those seasons well. If you had been to Ipurua before they were a first division club and you go now, Mm. it's recognisably the same space that they're in, but the stadium feels very, very different. It's been modernised enormously. It's bigger. Um, on on two sides uh, The other side Which is wedged in Because it's wedged into a valley So you haven't actually Got room to construct mm-hmm. But they've managed to construct Where there wasn't really space To construct in They are financially Very very stable They get uh, The equivalent of a parachute payment In the first season In the second division Which gives them a good chance To come back up Or at least a good chance To stabilise things And I think this is the thing Had they gone down At the end of that first season They might not have come back up they now probably will At some point Not necessarily yes. straight away But more importantly They will now consolidate As a first or second division team And this is a team Bear in mind That, that really are a Civil Nibir team, Not even yes. a second division yeah, team yeah, For yeah. a lot of their history And, and I think the, the, the sensible um, approach The stability that they have Means that this can be seen As time gained And not wasted mm. They haven't gone chasing And signed players they can't afford And I think they're very, very sensible There, there is a shift this summer which is that their sporting director fran ganagatha who'd been sporting director for, i think for 14 years 15 years something like that, is going um there's no sense that he's failed at all but he's going so i wonder how they manage that although obviously this is a structural thing that's that's much more profound than just a sporting director so i think they're in a good good way and in fact when i was there a couple of weeks ago when kiki garcia scored that hat trick i was talking to some of the people at the club there and they they'd already accepted that they were going down mm. and I suppose in a way the pity is the last two weeks have given them the hope that maybe <laughs> they wouldn't and they were they were kind of quite quite relaxed about it in the sense that well look we knew this mm. and we embraced it and we've worked hard enough that we, we now know that we, we probably should come back whereas ten years ago there was no way we should have been here in the first place mm. they are t- Club, as many do in the Spanish
0: top flight, they've been selling their best player every single season. Yes. Basically, you know, Jean Jordán, yep. uh,
1: Orellana, Escalante, Is that the Ruben Pena? Yeah, loads of them. And it's it's the, it's the way their structure works. Yeah. Um, you know, put very simply, the sporting director describes it as: if I have five, I only use four of them. Mm. Five for euros, I use four. You know, mm. and so you're always saving something. You're always holding something back.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Alaves and Getafe breathing a, a huge sigh of relief, having uh, survived. The Scare of going down when Alaves, uh,
1: Javi Calleja took over, they were bottom. Yeah, uh, this is the amazing thing he has won four games, yeah, in eight. Yeah, that's as many as Pablo Martin won in 18, yeah, and it's four times more than Abelardo won in 11. Yeah, that's a r- huge, huge impact from Calleja. They're safe, Getafe are safe as well. A mm. magnificent goal from Take Kubo, yeah, very nice goal indeed. And Bordelas afterwards said. This is the biggest achievement we've had since I was here. Never mind getting into European football, all that stuff. This is the biggest achievement in a season this difficult. Now, obviously, for what it's worth, I don't agree with him. No. But I can understand why as the season started... Ajax. to Exactly. I can understand why as the season reached this stage, he started to, to at least hang on to that discourse. Yeah. You know, to, to try and, what would you call it, um, value what, mm. they'd, what they'd achieved in surviving.
0: Two of Wesker, Elche and Valladolid will join Eibar. It'll be Yelchi and Valladolid, presumably. They're the ones that are there. It's not in their hands. If Wesker it's win, they're safe. Their,
1: but Wesker have got... Um, Valencia. Valencia. I don't know that Valencia is necessarily easy. Mm-hmm. Um, Valladolid, you would imagine, they have to win against Atletico. Yes. But I wonder if that's one of the things that might play into Atletico's hands. That It's not like Valladolid can go for a super defensive approach Hmm. they're going to have to try and attack Atleti at some point or
0: maybe they just go super defensive until the last five minutes stay in it and then it's perfectly plausible as well actually yeah Yeah. so let's see what happens Uh, we now know that all games are going to be played on well (laughs) the games that have anything riding on them are going to be played on Saturday thanks for clearing that up oh La Liga took a while you know once in a while La Liga really do make it
1: hard for us to love them
0: yes Um, (laughs) they changed it three or four times But as it stands, Friday night you've got Levante against Cadiz, then Saturday, Celta-Betis, Eibar-Barca, Huesca-Valencia, Osasuna-La Real, madrid Villarreal, Valladolid-Atleti and Elche against Athletic Club. And then on
1: Sunday, nothing riding on, Granada against Getafe and Sevilla against Alaves. And it was worth pointing out here That it's not just that they changed them From s- Sunday to Saturday Which I think was the right decision Because it was designed to give A little bit more time to Villarreal For the Europa League final And to minimise the probability That they basically rested everyone For the Real Madrid game To so to maintain, if you like The sporting integrity of that match I think that's the right decision But it's like, why are you doing it now? We knew this weeks ago hmm. we just put it on Saturday in the first place There were suggestions from Fernando Roche The president of um, Villarreal That this had happened to avoid Clashing with Eurovision Yes um, which, by the way, was why the Ray final was played on a Friday in 2013. Right. I do not understand why Eurovision is a thing, but there you go. Um, I, I don't know if there might be some state-related thing going on, because it's kind of a Europe-wide, pan-European... I don't know, anyway, it just seems Surely nonsense. not. It seems total nonsense to me. And the Ray final was different because it was on TVE, whereas this is on Movistar. Right. Um, but it's worth pointing out, not only did they do that, they also included the Abar barcelona game yes. in the list of games that didn't matter because Eibar are already down and Barcelona can't win the league. It only got changed because the producer at Carrusel and Cadena Ser Radio, Jorge Escorial, put a tweet out saying, hang on, this is wrong. Eibar cannot survive, but they can be part of a freeway tie, which they're involved in which would presu- produce a different result in the relegation battle than a two-way tie. <laughs> in other words, they can impact upon the, the, the future of Elche. So you can't have them playing on a different day. Now, for what it's worth, I think you probably can, but mm. you know, you've you got to be seen to do this right. So the league could only even realise this because a producer on a radio show had pointed it out and they'd literally changed it about 15 minutes after, uh, after Esco had put that message up. Viva la Liga, baby! I mean, they do so many things right, but to do... Th- I mean, honestly,
0: come on. Anyway, um, that's what's happening next week. What happened this week in the Segunda, there are three rounds of games left, plus the playoffs. We know Espanyol already promoted. Mallorca are second on 75 points. They beat Alcorcon 2-0 yesterday. They will go up if Almeria fail to beat Castellón tomorrow. I think they'll go up anyway, whatever happens, if they win their game uh, away to Tenerife on Wednesday night so Mallorca look like they're returning uh, with the Espanyol here's a question for you Yes,
1: Mallorca and Espanyol they come down for a season without fans they go back up when the fans come back it's been perfect for them hasn't it if you're going to get relegated yes. what a way to
0: do it absolutely if you uh if you get relegated and no one sees it, have you even... Has, actually it, been, actually has it actually happened? Have you happened? been
1: in the second division?
0: Uh, in the playoff places, Almeria are third on 67 points. Leganes are fourth on 66 points. Sporting are fifth and Rayo are sixth. Uh, Girona are, are seventh. They're level on points with Rayo. They play Sporting tonight. It's very tight to try and get that final playoff place. And on Thursday? And on Thursday, it's Rayo against Real Oviedo. So, given where Sporting are... Want Sporting to win, mate. Do we,
1: yeah, do we go to Vieques and lie down for you? Yeah, come on, <laughs>
0: please. Um, that's it. But our Patreon, we said we'll have the Q&A pod out on Tuesday. As always, answering all your questions. Bonus pod on Thursday, looking ahead to the final round of La Liga. And don't forget to check out our latest TSFP Presents series, Sliding Doors. There's a clip of the final episode on referees out here, now on the Monday podcast feed. So uh, make sure you check that out. Uh, Enjoy the football. It might not be as tremendously exciting as it was this weekend. It's difficult to imagine it could be. It's difficult be, to imagine, but, but I mean, this
1: season has done it all the way through for us. Absolutely. We'll be back next In, week. It's a curious thing, though, isn't it? What? That We're talking about drama and all these turning points, Yes. but we've had the same leader for five months. Yes. That suggests there's been no turning points at all. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, Sydney, I
0: was, I was about to leave. I was about to say goodbye. Yeah. But it would be very, very highly, extremely, unacceptably remiss of me uh, to do so without mentioning Barcelona. And their women's team winning the oh, uh, Champions absolutely. League final, thrashing Chelsea they are phenomenal by four team. goals to nil. I mean, domestically, they are on not just another level, they're in another Milky
1: Way. They're yeah, a, absolutely. It's
0: unbelievable, they're, their domestic They are right. a
1: phenomenal team. And I think what they did yesterday demonstrated that it wasn't just domestic, that it wasn't just the weakness of the other teams. Although, certainly, Atletico Madrid this year have massively underperformed. Um, in the in the Liga de they they've they've really seriously underperformed. Mm. But I think the the destruction because bear in mind, I think of the four goals that they got yesterday. Didn't they all come in the first 40 minutes or 35 minutes? I think it was. Uh-huh. The you know they're so yes. so far better than everyone else. It's, uh, it's 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 really quite extraordinary. They're they're a brilliant side. Do you know how many goals they conceded? I do. I think I think it's only five, maybe six. It's five in 26 games. I mean, it's incredible. And it must be 120 goals by now.
0: The goal difference is plus 123. <laughs> 26 <laughs> wins from 26. Uh, astoundingly good. Uh, and they, they've also got four games in hand as well on the uh, other teams in the uh, wow. uh, Liga Badrola, uh, so yeah uh, congratulations to a uh, football club Barcelona Barcelona femini for winning the Champions League First team to uh, win both the men's and women's Champions League. I
1: didn't know that. I didn't, I didn't realise that was the case. Right. So there
0: we go. Congratulations. Um, like we said, we'll be back next week discussing the final round of matches in what has been the craziest of La Liga seasons. So make sure you join us
1: then. Adios. Cheerio. <laughs>